is up, Straight Talk Faithful, your boy, your host, George Mackay, back in studio today for episode 120. This one is very special to me. This one is my review of Revolution Women's Wrestling Presents Pandemonium. And also, at the end of this, I'm going to be dropping my 15-minute interview with Allison Kay, a.k.a. Sienna, the current undisputed reigning defending NWA women's champion. I cannot express how amazing this interview was. I wish it could have been longer, but we were pressed for time that day. But man, oh man, was it special. We're able to talk about a lot of stuff. And actually, I want to address something right now and get it out of the way before I get into my review. This day that we had the interview was January 11th. So this is going now by the time this episode drops. It's going to be about almost a month after the event. This also was the day that a lot of stuff about Tessa Blanchard came to light. This was the day that Allison Kay was one of the voices in kind of shedding the light on what's happening in the women's locker room in the wrestling business. And Tessa Blanchard, unfortunately, was at the forefront of it all. As I always do before I interview anyone, I ask one question. Is there anything you don't feel comfortable about talking about? And her answer, her response to that was anything that happened today, speaking of Tessa Blanchard. So, we left that off the table. I know some of you may be disappointed. Some of you may even turn off the episode. I understand that. But I'm always respectful to anyone that's going to give me the time on my show to talk about wrestling. And that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about wrestling. We're not going to talk about the drama that follows it. If the conversation steamrolls that way, hey, I will roll with it. But I'm not going to put anyone out of their spot or make them feel uncomfortable in any way. So, anyone who's looking for information on that situation in this interview, you will not find it. What you will find, however, is an amazing talent... An amazing superstar, an amazing voice for the generation, female wrestling, and just one hell of a great human being. You also find my review of another great event held by Mr. Chris Levenois. Finally said it right. Finally got it right after so many times. Even during the interview I had with him, I screwed it up. I kept saying Levenois. I thought he was Greek for some reason. Did not realize it was French. Francais, if you will. So... Uh, Let's get into it right away. This was a great event. We had so many amazing females returning on the card again. We had some new additions. We had a couple of debuts, if you will. We tied up a couple of loose ends. We had a couple ladies who did not attend as the reasons why. I'm not sure. And we had a couple last-minute changes and cancellations. And we also saw, again, some new faces. So I'm very excited to talk about this event. Very excited to give my review on another amazing, amazing, amazing card put together of an all-female, you know, wrestling uh, adventure. I'm not going to call it an event. I'm going to call it an adventure because that's what it was. The storylines were built again for the next event, which I'm not sure if it's dropping in March or May. I believe it's May. Chris hasn't given me the full details, but all as always, I will be your exclusive, uh, you know, hit up for any breaking news, any breaking additions to the next event. But let's get into it right off the bat. So the first match of the night was two uh, fantastic females who I've had on the show before. The Bubblegum Princess, Alexia Nicole, and the Selfie Queen, Jessie Mack. That's right, Princess versus Queen. They were both making their Revolution Wrestling debut, and it was against one another. And this match was stellar. Both girls took it to the limits. Both girls challenged each other. Both girls showed their power, their speed, their athleticism. And uh, it was just one hell of a match. And I would love to give you who the winner was, but I cannot because it was filmed for television. You will be able to find it, I believe, hopefully very soon. I'm not 100% on this, but hopefully very soon on independent wrestling television. Uh, But let's just say that this match was stellar. Uh, 
These two ladies took it to the limit, and it was a great way to kick off the show. And it was a match I thought would be deeper into the card, but hey, you can't fault it when you've got two powerhouses like that. You might as well send them out right out the gates to get the crowd hyped, and that's exactly what was done. Second match of the night, we had... Uh, Masha Slamovich, who I've also had in the show, absolutely amazing talent uh, from, you know, the States. And we had Caitlin Diamond as well from the States, Rhode Island, if you will. They were teaming up against Jody Threat, who I've also had in the show, and Addie Starr. Now, Caitlin Diamond and Addie Starr, I have been in conversations with them. We'll be appearing on the show in a few weeks, so look out for those interviews when they drop. But this match was something special. And it's genius also on Chris's part because we're starting to see a lot of tag teams form, which means when I asked him in his interview, I asked him about the tag team division. I asked him about, you know, Revolution Women's Heavyweight Championship. I asked him about the tag team titles. They are in the works. So this was a way to kind of test the waters. And these four ladies delivered. It's literally power versus power. These four women took it to the extreme. There was power moves. There was speed. There was lightning. There was everything captured in a legitimate bottle for 15 minutes. And it was just epic. As always, whenever I see these four women in the ring, whether it be against one another or against other opponents, they always, always, always deliver on so many different levels. There were so many different layers to this match and stories to this match that I can't begin to tell you how incredible it was. It was another great way to carry the momentum forward from the first match to this match. Again, I would like to tell you who won, but I'm not going to. It was filmed for television. Let's just say it was absolutely epic. I posted some clips of all these matches on my Instagram page and my Facebook page and my Twitter. So you can go back and look at the clips and see some of the moves that I'm talking about and some of the combinations, the power, the speed. It was just incredible. This tag team match delivered on so many levels. And if this is the telltale sign of the Revolution Women's Tag Team Division, it is in very, very, very strong hands. Third match on the card, we had a couple debuts. We had the Emo Princess, Miss Crystal Moon, who I've interviewed on the show. She's uh, been affiliated a lot with Crossbody. I guess she's branching out a little bit. She uh, made her Revolution Women's debut against Brooklyn, who is a battle arts uh, pro wrestling student. She made a Revolution debut, and it was fantastic. It uh, was a match of two you know, up-and-comers, working hard, doing all the right things, and it was entertaining. Brooklyn's got a great character. She comes out with a little creepy doll, and uh, she talks to the doll. You know, Crystal comes out all business as usual, looking great, ready to kick ass. This match was incredible for two women making their debut in this organization. And um, I hope to see them back and hope to see them either against each other or maybe going deeper into the division against some of the other up-and-comers. I could see Crystal Moon. I've seen her face the Bubblegum Princess, but I would love to see her take on the Queen or... If she can, if the opportunity presents itself, somehow I think her and Masha Slamovich would have one hell of a barn burner. So, Chris, if you're listening to this episode, which I'm sure you are, you know, uh, I could be your assistant booker if you need some help. <laughs> but this match was, uh, again, incredible. All the matches on this card were incredible. I can't say that enough. And it's not kissing anybody's ass. It's being legitimate. These women worked their asses off for this event, and they delivered. They delivered just like they delivered on the first one. They delivered on this one. And the next one that drops, they're going to deliver again. And the audience keeps getting bigger. I saw huge numbers increase from the first event to this event. And it's well-deserved because these women are the real deal. And it's when you go to these events, it's something special to see. So it's not me kissing ass. It's not me you know, praising anybody. It's me 
uh, appreciating all the hard work and effort that goes in because, as you know, anybody that steps in that ring and anybody that gives me the time on this show, I'm going to have the utmost respect for. And these ladies delivered. You can you can 100% guarantee that. Next match, we had something kind of carryover storyline-wise from the first revolution. So this was Bianca Corelli coming out with the returning Shiloh. And they were facing CeCe Moss. It was originally supposed to be a handicap, but then Bianca got on the mic and said as much as she loves and appreciates Shiloh, she wants to do this one on her own. Because she kind of stole the win the first time around, but she wants to do this one on her own. So Shiloh agreed, left to the back, and it was a back and forth. It was Bianca's speed versus CeCe's incredible power. And it looked like it was going to go one way, but then Shiloh came out. She kind of interfered, ultimately did not go, and I will reveal this one because it, it definitely leads to the next event upcoming. Because of the interference, Bianca was disqualified, and CeCe did swindle the win. And I will say that. Love CeCe Masha. She's a great talent, but she knows she swindled. CeCe, if you're listening to this, you know you swindled. You didn't really 100% get that win. So this sets up a possible triple threat or maybe a budding rivalry, if you will, between Bianca Corelli and Shiloh. Whichever way Chris decides to go with this story, it's definitely going to be epic. So that one I will reveal the winner because it leads to the next event, okay? And then after that, you know, we get right into the main event. So the main event had a couple changes. Originally, it was supposed to be, you know, Panda Power, tag team of my homie, my girl, Two Scoops, Casey Spinelli, and Rebel versus originally supposed to be um, Leah Vaughn and Nova. I mean, Leah Vaughn decided to step away from wrestling for a bit, and Violet Lee slid into the spot. Then Violet Lee mostly pulled. I believe it was due to an injury, and we had some special, special news. That's when I was able to drop the exclusive that Sienna was coming. Yes, that was a huge, huge moment. When we found out that Sienna was coming, it was going to turn this tag team match into something even more special. Not to say that it wouldn't have been special if it was Nova and Violet Lee, but Sienna adds a whole nother layer and a whole nother level to that. Then we had another last minute change. Seems as though Nova could not make it or maybe she possibly might have been injured. I never really got clarification on that. So Nova hit me up. Let me know what went down. But regardless of the fact, we had the current reigning, defending, undisputed Battle Arts Women Champion, Amy Crimson, slid into the spot. She teamed up with Sienna against Panda Power. And what a way for this young up-and-comer, this young, amazing female talent to be stepping into the ring with these three veterans. I mean, you have Sienna at your side guiding you, and then across the ring you're staring at Casey Spinelli, a legend, in so many different promotions. I mean, Casey, three belts, two scoops. The queen of queens, in my opinion, and Rebel, a legend in her own right, former Impact Superstar, former Knockout Champions. I mean, this is a lot of gold in one ring, and Amy is no slouch herself. She's got gold on her own. These four ladies, man, they killed it. They turned it into something special that night. There was electricity in the air for this event, and it's because there's passionate fans that are behind it, but the wrestlers are also passionate. You know, I was, as I was waiting for Sienna, they were kind of having their pre-show meeting. And let's talk about passion for a second. Let's talk about K.C. Spinelli and the words that she shined down on the entire roster that night. Talking about, you know, taking the risks, going to the extremes, fighting for it, wanting it, winning. I mean, it was, it was a speech that got me hyped up. I wanted to step in the ring, but I couldn't because, hey, I'm not female. But man, oh man, it was special. And even the most special thing that night was 
I was able to bring my daughter with me to the show. And I've taken her to a lot of shows, as you know. You guys follow the socials. You follow the I talk about her all the time. She's a huge wrestling fan. But to see her at an all-women's event, watching these ladies kick ass, take names, and look fantastic doing it, it was something special that night. She went and, and spent three hours before the event and made each and every lady on the card a special bracelet. Um, she does these rain balloon things that are just absolutely fantastic. Uh, she whips them off like they're nothing. But she took the time and, and gave it. And everyone was so gracious, so appreciative. And it's not just because they know me. She's a star in her own right. Uh, and she's going to be the future of this podcast if she chooses to carry it on well after I'm gone, which I hope she does. Because... She is my little mini host. She's the light of my life. She's the apple of my eye. She's my first of two amazing daughters. And to see the pay-per-view, or sorry, the event through her eyes, just added a whole extra layer of, of being a wrestling fan, being a podcast host, being a father. Uh, it was just something special. And to all the ladies on the card that night, thank you so much for taking the time out with her. And thank you for the wonderful piece of memorabilia that we got that night. We got every lady that was on the card to sign the poster except for CC. So CC, when I get you on the show, I got a spot waiting for you on that poster, but they were all so gracious. All took the time and it was absolutely amazing. And I can't say enough about Chris and the ladies of revolution women's wrestling and everything they are doing. This is a promotion. I'm glad to be affiliated with. I'm honored to be a part of, I'm honored to be, you know, kind of the exclusive podcast, if you will, for this show, because it's worth it. It's worth it because I've seen the evolution of women's wrestling, and this is something special. Nobody else in Ontario is doing this. There are other promotions out there, yes, but he, Chris is one of the guys that's taking the risk, and not even taking a risk, is one that's that's kicking the door down and, and letting these women be recognized in a platform, not just in a one-off match. And he's bringing in talent that gets to face talent. Because in the Ontario indie scene, as you've heard when I've talked to Alexia, talked to Jesse, I've talked to Bianca, you really end up fighting some of the same people all the time. So to bring in you know, new people, start up rivalries, build storylines, build a, now a tag team division, get that women's heavyweight championship belt going. And who's going to don that? Because you know Rebel's going to want a piece of that. You know Spinelli's going to want a piece of that. So does Panda Power fall apart? For the women's tag team division. Do they stay strong and go for that? I mean, the options are endless. The options are limitless. And the levels of what these women are doing is something to watch out for. So I urge everyone listening to this podcast, right before I drop my interview with uh, Sienna, which I'm going to be dropping shortly, I urge everyone to get behind this promotion. Spend the 20 bucks. See what I've been raving about. I mean... I could go on and on with all the promotions that have been gracious enough to me. Destiny World Wrestling, George and what he's doing over there, fucking fantastic. Crossbody and what Ben is doing there, absolutely epic. There's other promotions that I haven't been able to make it out to. Hamilton Pro, Barry Wrestling, C4 in Ottawa, uh, Alpha One down in Hamilton. That's a Ethan Page promotion. I mean, the list goes on and on of what everyone special is doing. Smash. I mean, Canadian Wrestling? Wrestling in general, indie wrestling here is just something special. And it's been something that I've been so honored and humbled to be able to sit down and talk about and have conversations with all these superstars. I look at my basement. I look at where I film my or I record my podcast every week. 
I look at some of the legends that I've met. I look at some of the up-and-coming legends that I've been able to sit down and have conversations with. And I got Josh Alexander on my wall. I got Holden Albright on my wall. I just met Sabotage this past weekend, a couple weeks ago at Destiny. I got them on the wall. I got Madison Miles. She was at the first revolution. I got Marty Scroll. I've been able to see some of the best talent from around the world, but also homegrown talent like The Walking Weapon, like Nova, like Spinelli, like Bianca Corelli, like so many others. And to see talent from the States coming here and understanding that wrestling here is something special. I mean, you got guys like Jock Sampson, homegrown USA boy, comes down to Greek town on the regular. You got guys like Channing Decker. The list goes on and on. Ontario Indie Wrestling has given so much to me. To highlight it as often as I can is an honor and a fucking privilege. And I want everyone listening to know that, how passionate I am about what everybody, from Georgie Iceman at Destiny, to Chris Levinois at Revolution, to Ben Ortmans, to Ethan Page, to Hamilton Pro, to Barry, to Superkicked, to all of it. It is just fantastic, and it is a freaking amazing time to be a wrestling fan. And now that it's getting highlighted, recognized, independent pro wrestling television has created a whole new platform and level. Fight TV has created a whole new platform and level. And it's just, it's been an honor. And, you know, some days I sit back and I scratch my head and I think, is it worth it? You know, am I doing the right things? You know, because I see, you know, I see the fan pages growing. I see the followings growing. I see the numbers on the podcast growing. I see the subscribers on Podbead growing. And I see my affiliations with all these other fantastic podcasts. Ocho and Ortiz, Stogie Mania. Those guys are my boys, my friends. My buddy, uh, Wrestling with Johnners from the UK. Absolutely fantastic guy. I mean, you got Alliance Pro. The list goes on and on. Gillamy Talks. The list goes on and on about all these great podcasters that are highlighting what we need to be highlighting. And showcasing what we need to be showcasing. So from every promotion in indie wrestling. Uh, from Destiny to Revolution, all the way to Greek Town, up to Barry. I've mentioned them all about three times over now. I want to say from the bottom of our heart, and I speak for all indie wrestling fans, at least the ones that listen to my show, thank you. But especially a thank you to Revolution, because that's what I'm highlighting right now in this episode. And it is something special. So if you haven't taken the time out to spend the 20 bucks to get out to this promotion or any other promotion in Ontario, then you're missing out. And believe me when I say you are missing out on so much talent, so much amazing individuals, so many gracious people that are always honored to talk to any fan because we take the time and the money to give them a platform. And they give so much back to us. Everybody that steps in that fucking ring gives so much back to us. So, you know, take my word for it or don't, but the Ontario indie scene is absolutely incredible. And if you haven't checked it out, you're missing out. Trust me when I say this. Well, that's all I could say about Revolution for today. It was an absolutely epic event. Chris, I cannot wait for the next one. To all you ladies, you guys were shining stars that night, and your stars will continue to shine even brighter, and you're all fantastic class acts of, of talent and human beings. So from myself and my mini host, I say thank you. And now the time for me to drop my exclusive interview with Sienna. This was a candid, a very quick uh, a little bit rushed, like I said, we were pressed for time, but it was something near and dear and special to my heart, and as I always do, I let her know she's officially a member of the Straight Talk family. Hopefully, she's listening back to this and wants to carry on the rest of the conversation. I was absolutely love that. Sienna, it was an honor to speak with you. You are a fantastic person. You're an amazing talent, and to see you wrestle in such an intimate setting was an honor.
Thank you so much for giving Straight Talk the time, as I thank all of my guests on Straight Talk. So here's my interview with Sienna. You guys enjoy this one. This is episode 120 in the books. As always, I'm your host, your boy, George Mackay. Thank you so much for listening. And next week's episode, it's going to be another special one. I got somebody coming on the show that I actually mentioned in this episode. You pay very close attention. I mentioned him, him, yes, him, briefly. I don't like giving hints. I never do. You got to follow the socials. But you know what? Lately, I've been generous. Maybe it's my new outlook on 2020, but it's been generous. As always, thank you guys so much for listening. Here is now my interview with Sienna. I'll talk to you guys next week. Peace. What's going on, guys? Your host, George McKay. I am here, pre-recorded at Battle Arts again, sitting down with somebody pretty special. I've been a fan of her for a while, and I'm not going to waste any more time. I'd like to welcome to the Straight Talk Wrestling, Sienna. How are you? Thank you for having me. Uh, thank you for being on my little podcast. I appreciate the time you're giving me today. So I always kind of start my interview with one standard question. We talked about it a little bit before I push record. I call it the defining moment. It's the moment where you yourself fell in love with this business that we're going to be talking about today. You know, that's a really hard question for me to answer. A lot of people ask for my favorites. They always want to know what was your favorite match or your favorite wrestler or your favorite, um, like, defining moment, like you mentioned. What made you want to be a wrestler? A lot of um, absolute questions are difficult for me to answer because I feel like I really fell in love with so much about wrestling that it was a culmination of so many things that really made me obsessed as, like, a 12-year-old. But I do remember, when I think about when I decided I wanted to be a wrestler, I think about, like, my peak obsession with, like, Lita, for example. So I'm just going to go with that to give you give you a more uh, in-depth answer than just saying a bunch of things um, or a vague answer. So we'll say, like, like uh, not a moment necessarily, but I would say my 12-year-old obsession with Lita really started it all. That's a, that's a perfect obsession to have. I mean, considering the fact that when you were 12-year-old, her and Trish were at the height of their careers, height of their popularity, and really changing the game. And it's got to be special now for you to be in this time period where women are really getting a lot of exposure. We've seen the revolution. We've seen, you know, the pay-per-view with WWE. We've seen the May Young Classic, which you were a part of. We've seen all those doors and barriers kind of be broken down. Is there anything in this whole women's revolution to evolution that you haven't seen yet that you would like to see? Uh, that's hard to say as well because I think a lot of these things you don't really realize what you were missing until it kind of pops up and you're like, oh yeah, this uh, this wasn't a thing. Like when I think about the women's revolution, um, I guess it depends on who you ask. They will give you a different answer on when that started. But like when Lita and Trish, like you mentioned, were at the peak of their careers, I felt like they were getting so much respect and time, you know. And at one point they were in the main event of Raw, things like that. Um, but I think that there's always going to be a uh, there's always going to be work to do. I, I feel unfortunately. Um, I think that right now a lot of what could be done is more behind the scenes stuff. So like probably pay. Like women just flat out don't get paid as much as men. So I would say that's something that could definitely change in our favor. And it's not it's not just in wrestling too. I mean it's in almost every other sport. Right. You look at uh, women's basketball. What they get as a rookie contract compared to what the men get as a rookie contract is astronomical. So it's definitely something that's got to be changed. But I think every day in every sport, women are finding ways to uh, break down those barriers and make people pay attention. If not by just doing the work, by screaming at the top of their lungs, giving their voices, making sure they're heard because that's the the best part about it. So tonight, uh, I mean this interview is going to air after we get the result. But tonight you're in a tag team match. Run at Rebel, Spinelli, and it's you and it's Nova. Um, 
What is it about this match, or what is it about this promotion that made you want to come here? I kind of spoke to Chris beforehand, and we had an interview. We talked about how he reached out to you. You're gracious enough. Within about an hour, you got back to him. And I mean, your schedule's crazy. Congratulations on recently capturing the women's uh, uh, NWA championship, which is amazing. But in terms of coming to this promotion, what was it about you that intrigued you coming down to Revolution? Uh, well, I'm not going to lie. Connections matter. So um, I, I'm not familiar with Chris from before this, but I actually was asked by a friend to come down to this promotion. Um, and so without that connection, I wouldn't have known enough to really know if it was something I wanted to do because it is a relatively newer promotion. Uh, but because I had someone reputable vouching for it, I was able to look a little more into it, make sure my schedule was open, and, and come down here and check it out. So basically, word of mouth. That happens a lot in this business. Absolutely. And hence why we're sitting down because word of mouth. You heard about how great I am as an interviewer and you wanted to have some time with me. Yes, yes. Um, one question I do want to ask, because one of my favorite matches with you is one that happened this past summer in Toronto. It was during SummerSlam weekend. It was you and Joey Ryan. That, that one is, is special. It's, yeah, yeah. It was hilarious. There was comedy, and I'm a big fan of comedy wrestling, but also the fact of how well you two played off each other. There's a lot of chemistry there, yeah. a lot of great in-ring chemistry, and I thought the match was fantastic. Tell me about your thoughts on that. Like, Joey Ryan, obviously the character, the whole King of the Dong style, all that stuff. What are your thoughts on, on Joey Ryan or even those comedy wrestling characters as a whole? I really appreciate that. Um, I was very excited to wrestle Joey. I'm so happy with how it turned out. Uh, it's everything that I wanted it to be. Um, it was obviously comedy, but I feel like I also incorporated enough of my character. I also made sure that it made sense for me and was and um, relayed messages of importance to me. So like we stopped the match, as you know, because you saw it and talked about consent a little bit. Um, a lot of people will have differing opinions, and that's okay if comedy wrestling isn't your thing. Um, there are a lot of people who are more of the strictly like old school style wrestling, ironically, um, like NWA fans, for example. So the style of NWA is very different from that. Um, I like to think that I'm adaptable. You know, I can do a little bit of everything. Um, so there are definitely people who didn't like some things about that match, <laughs> but uh, I think that if you don't like it, just don't watch it. That's how I feel. I think that, you know, you have to have different styles for different, just like you have different genres of movies and things like that. Like if you don't watch, if you don't like it, just don't watch it. That's very true. I, I, I myself appreciate the comedy wrestling. I appreciate that match. I think that's probably one of my personal favorites of yours. Next to watching you claim the NWA Women's Championship. That was a pretty special match too. Tell me about that because that title has lineage, it has history. It's kind of like, you know, the Crockett Cup, the NWA champion, Heavyweight Championship. These belts have lineage. They, these lineages goes past you and our lifetime. I mean, you're in your early 30s. I'm in my late 30s. We won't go there. I noticed the gray hair today. I'm very upset about that. But what, what are your thoughts on capturing something that has so much history behind it? It was definitely very surreal to win the NWA Women's World Championship. I think that it was something that I never even realized was a possibility up until closer to when it happened, since NWA is very more recently making a resurgence. It wasn't something that I ever really thought about before. Um, and then having that opportunity was just amazing and actually winning it. Like I really, I, I really didn't expect, I was just taking it as it came. You know, I was going with the flow um, and obviously it turned out in my favor for the better. And I'm really loving my time at NWA. I love just the, they really are letting us be ourselves and they're like, take the ball and run with it. And, and that's, that is the environment that I thrive the most in. So I am having a ball. <laughs>
Absolutely. You can see it every time you step out between that curtain. You can see it with that strap around you. And that strap and you looks very good together. So I hope that you can keep it for a very long time. And I know you will defend it to your last breath, as any title should be defended. But talk to me about another cool thing that's kind of happening in, in wrestling that I love so much. Is why I love this business and this sport so much is the sportsmanship and the camaraderie. And when you see all these, I mean, I look around this room right now. There are so many talented indie females, females that are, you know, in, in different promotions like yourself that are all kind of coming together for that one common goal. How does it feel when you have that camaraderie amongst all of you and how great, you know, you're all so talented. To have that, that, to have that real family camaraderie aspect, what are your thoughts about that? It's everything. That's everything. To have a really supportive locker room um, is really, really everything, especially if you want the best product to come out. So I really do feel that we have that in NWA in general, not just with the women, but with everyone. Um, it's funny because I was actually just talking to one of my friends who is one of my veterans, and she basically had the talk with me about how, like, whether I want to realize it or not, I am one of the veterans in the locker room now. And there are a lot of new girls, you know, um, like here I, I met a lot of people for the very first time that have been wrestling for maybe a year or two, but I, they're unfamiliar to me. So um, she kind of bestowed upon me that responsibility of make sure you're taking care of the girls and make sure that they're taking care of each other and make sure you're teaching people um, what's acceptable and what's not. And so I really do feel like I'm starting to evolve into that like mama bear a little bit um, where I just want to take girls under my wing and make sure that they're okay and they don't make a lot of the same mistakes I've seen so many people make over the years um, that I've made over the years. And so I, I think that it's just really important to not have a toxic environment anywhere you are, let alone in this business. Yeah, and it's it is something special when you can kind of you can you're not aging yourself at all. You're taking on that mama bear role because you've been around. You have earned your stripes. You have fought your battles. You have overcome adversity. I mean, I was doing my research as I always do today to prepare for. And man, your accolades! I could go on forever. Your resume is outstanding. Thank but you. one of the things that um, excited me most today was uh, for me a chance to bring my ten year old daughter here. She's a huge wrestling fan. Uh, she really does love Sasha Banks WWE product. She's big fans of them, and we expose her to that because it's kind of you know. The one that's available most of the time. Right, right. But now in introducing her to you, like I showed her the match with Joy Ryan. <laughs> she didn't understand all of it, but she laughed her butt off. She okay. thought it was she thought it was pretty funny. But what she loved the most about you was how during that match, you literally manhandled him like a rag doll. <laughs> okay. And she loved that. And at the end of the match when I showed her, she's walking around the basement, pinkies up as Aww. always, walking around the basement, and she was so excited to meet you. So I mean, you had a moment with her, mm -hmm. and how is it when you in, in, interacting with the fans, when you get that special moment, that 10, 15, 30 seconds whatever it is to interact with those young girls and you see the sparkle in their eyes that you saw when you fell in love with Lita and Trish. I love it. I really truly do. I, I feel sometimes too much pressure in those moments. Like sometimes girls will come up to me at tables or guys for that matter and they'll be like a little awestruck I guess or they like are shy you know they don't know what to say. I always feel like I want to write them this like deep personal message on their 8x10 that's going to like change your life. Obviously you can't necessarily do that within like five seconds of meeting someone but I always feel that pressure of like oh my gosh I need to say something really profound right now I need to like have a great influence on this person but obviously in that in the brief moment I just I, all I can do is try to like make sure my actions follow up with with the things that I preach well they do I mean I got to be honest with you I'll confess something to you right now you're probably one of the biggest guests I've had on my little podcast so I was nerve-wracking for me I was sitting there listening to the pre-show meetings seeing everything stuff like that and I was you no know, I was shaking my knee was shaking and she kind of leaned over to me my daughter and she whispered in my ear dad 
you're going to knock it out of the park. Oh. And that's and that's those moments that you need. So in that little short five-second interaction, she changed my perception. Now I'm calm, cool, collective. I'm sitting here next to the NWA Women's Champion, and I'm not sweating. So I'm happy about that. Anymore, excited. anymore. Anymore, yeah, no. I did have to freshen up a little bit before oh, yeah, we sat okay. down. But uh, another question to ask you, and this is one that intrigues me the most. Out of everyone that you have faced in your career thus far, is there anyone that's on your radar that you haven't stepped in the ring with that you would love to tear it up? And I know it's a hard question, but that's what I do here. I ask the tough <laughs> questions on Straight Talk. Um, one person that I've been saying for a while that I really want a singles match against is Madison Eagles. She's an Australian wrestler. She wrestled for Shimmer a lot. She was a Shimmer champion at one point. Um, she is in Australia a lot now, so I don't know. Like Logistically, it seems like um, kind of far-fetched because it's not just like someone who happens to live in the States as well, so we can just meet up whenever. So um, that's someone who I really, really want a singles match with. I've had multi-person matches with her. Another one is Mako Satomura, who I've been in tag matches with in Japan, but I've never wrestled her single, so I would love to do that. And in terms of going over to a different culture, like Japan, you just mentioned that. When you go over there, is there a big culture shock when you're, when you're coming from the States or from Canada or from North America and you're heading over there? Is there an adjustment period, other than the time zone, obviously, which is the cliche answer, is there an adjustment period when you're looking at things? Because you were over there for a bit of time, plus you were in Britain for a bit of time, Europe as well. So the culture shock and changing and evolving over that time, is there anything that you picked up kind of over there that you brought back with you? Um, there's absolutely culture shock. It's very, very different in Japan for, than, it, than it is in the States or Canada for that matter. Um, one thing that I loved about Japan, this is kind of random, and I wish the States would implement this, is like, well, obviously, like, they're known for being very respectful culture um, and having patience. And uh, one thing about Japan, when you are on an escalator, everyone stands to the right, I believe it is. But it's one side of the escalator. Everyone stands to one side of the escalator so that people can walk up if they want to walk up the side. But, like, everyone does it, no matter what. Like, you would think that people would be in a rush and some people won't do it. No. Every single time, it is, they are lined up on one side only so that other people can walk up the other side. And I'm like, the patience and the respect of this, I can't, I can't imagine it ever happening in the States. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's something you would never see. You would see most, mostly when you look at an escalator, it looks like uh, you know a major highway in the states, right. a major interstate, right. or even here like Highway 401. Yeah. I don't know if you drove it here. Yeah. It's literally the worst highway yeah. in the world, in the world. Um, and I guess yeah, we still got a little bit of time. My one of my two final questions: okay. Out of every match you've had, and it may be difficult for you to pick one that kind of stands out, but out of everything you've done so far in your career, is there a moment that kind of sticks out to you that's kind of like your? best body of work to date? I mean, there's so much body in front of you. There's so much more resume to fill. But is there anything you look back at now and you can say, you know what? That's one I'm really proud of. Um, one of my more recent favorite matches ever was my match at Bloodsport against Nicole Savoy. I really love that match and I wish all my matches could be like that. Um, but when I think about like older matches where I'm like, wow, that was like better than I would think that it would have been for the time, um, is my... Fans bring the weapons match against Mia Yim at AIW. Um, that was after she broke my nose, so we started a little feud there. And when I look back on that match, I'm kind of surprised. It was short. It was like eight minutes. Um, but I, I was happy with it watching it back, and I'm not always happy with matches watching them back. And don't get me wrong, I can pick it apart. But like, there, we really teased weapons the entire match until the very end. And then, I, I don't know, I was just like proud of that. Like, oh, look at us. Look at us teasing this stuff until the, <laughs> until the end. Yeah, those moments are cool in matches when somebody pulls a chair out and they're like, they're going to use it, but then they put it down and they pick it back up, or a kendo stick comes out of nowhere, or a trash can. There's so many things. In terms of, two more questions, I think we'll wrap it up. 
In terms of the matches you've done now, because you've mentioned weapons matches and stipulation matches, is there a stipulation match that you haven't done or weren't able to utilize everything fully that you would go back and do? Maybe a steel cage, maybe a hell in the cell type match, maybe a false count anywhere. Um, sometimes those street fight matches can be legendary. I mean, look at Roddy Piper and uh, Goldust WrestleMania 12. I mean, they did the OJ chase. I'm not saying necessarily chase everybody down in the car, but is there something in a stipulation match that you haven't done yet that you would love to try if given the opportunity? Um, I don't know about matches that I've never done. I have done a lot of different stipulations. I've done dog collar matches. Um, I've done, of course, all the different variations of hardcore. I did last knockout standing. That's one of my favorite matches I had at Impact was against Rosemary. Um, I would say one match that I really wanted to have on a bigger on a bigger scale is a cage match. I've had cage matches on the indies. That's one that I would really enjoy doing on TV. I think that there there would be a lot of there's a different aspect to it, and I would I would like to do that there. I would love to see you defending that NWA title in a steel cage match. So if anybody from NWA is listening to this podcast, the fans would absolutely love to see that. And my final question, because I know you got to get ready for tonight's event, I want to thank you and take the time out to let you know you're officially a member of the Straight Talk family. Anytime you want to come back on the show, you actually shared a couple of my stories this week uh, on uh, Instagram. I was very touched by that. That made me even more nervous because I'm like, now she's sharing my stuff. <laughs> but um, any young fan that wants to get into this business, any young girl, like if my 10-year-old daughters were standing in front of you and wanted to know about this business, what would be the one piece of advice that you would want to pass on, considering now you've adapted to that mama bear? Again, I got to ask the tough questions. Oh man, um, it would never, I don't think it would ever be narrowed down to just one piece. Like there's so many things. I'd be like, girl, sit down, let's have a talk. Um, one big thing about learning in this business is keeping your mouth shut and your ears open. Um, but also I would say you have to stay true to yourself. Don't lose yourself. Don't buy into your own hype. That's also a really big thing I would tell a new person. <laughs> I love it. That was a very honest answer. And I wish we could talk more. I have so many more questions, but I want to enjoy the show. I can't wait to see you again for the second time around in a very intimate setting, which is always cool. Yes. And uh, we'll see you at intermission. I'm going to grab an autograph from you then. Yes. And um, thank you so much. And like I said, we will exchange information. And anytime you want to come back on the show, if you're stuck at the airport on a Tuesday night, you message me. I would love to have you back. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's been an absolute honor to talk with you. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Right, no problem. Thanks. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week for another episode on Spreaker, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and iHeartRadio. Also follow us on Facebook at Straight Talk Wrestling, on Instagram at Straight Talk Wrestling, and on Twitter at underscore Straight Talk. And for all our merchandise, you can search us on ProWrestlingTees.com. Hey.